0: Hi, and welcome to episode 159 of the RDS study session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. We're going to begin our study of the Come Follow Me um, materials for this week today. Uh, We're looking in the first section, but first of all, we're in November 4th to November 10th, which is Hebrews 1 to 6. Yep, Hebrews 1 to 6, uh, which is uh, Jesus Christ, the author of eternal salvation. We're going to look in the first section, which is simply entitled, Who Wrote the Epistle to the Hebrews? Um, Now at first I thought I wasn't going to do a whole study on this particular entry because it's quite straightforward Uh, But as I thought about it, it was it did kind of bring a few thoughts to my mind, which I'm going to share with you Um, So when we look at the the manual uh, and the materials that come following me and what that says uh, It's clear that there is a, a message here about how Paul is involved Uh, It says some scholars have questioned whether Paul wrote the epistle to the Hebrews. The literary style of Hebrews is somewhat different from Paul's other letters and the earliest versions of the text did not name an author. However, because the ideas expressed in Hebrews are consistent with Paul's other teachings, Latter-day Saints, in keeping with Christian tradition, have generally accepted that Paul was at least involved in writing this epistle. So not necessarily that he physically wrote it, but certainly, the ideas, the concepts, the doctrine, and principles found within this letter uh, will have probably come from Paul. Um, it is interesting because obviously this epistle has been placed right at the end of all the other epistles, and that well, all the epistles from Paul. I should say there are other epistles that will come later on, but none of them from Paul. Um, it is interesting because it's been placed in that position because, as was mentioned in the Bible, in the materials there the christian tradition is to believe that paul was involved in some way but we're just not sure if he wrote it so rather than place it you know in terms of the length because of course we know that the pauline epistles are placed in length so the longest verse shortest last with philemon um and the longest being the romans hebrews will have probably gone near at the start uh, i think i think just after romans perhaps i'm not sure i have to look at that but um it's not placed there because there's just this unsurety about whether he wrote it. So it's been placed at the end of the Paul of the Epistles because we know that he was involved, but we just don't know if he wrote it. Um, so it's clear why, those, why that placing is there in the New Testament. And actually, well, that's one of the things I've learned about uh, in this Come Follow Me amongst the many other things that I've learned that I just wasn't aware of that but was in the New Testament um, is the actual structure of it. We have the four Gospels, the, lives, the life of Christ. We then have the Acts, of, the general Acts of the Apostles. And then we have a whole bunch of letters, starting with Paul's group of letters, which are placed by length rather than chronology or anything else like that. Now, looking a bit further at this, like I say, this kind of did um, make me think a bit more about how this applies to us. We know that uh, from Bible Dictionary that the Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews is written to Jewish members of the church, um, and that the purpose of this was to basically get them to realize that they did not need any more to follow the Mosaic law, the practices that they've been upholding for hundreds of years through their ancestry. Um, I'll just read a section from the Bible Dictionary, which um, which points this out. <coughs> it says, when Paul returned to Jerusalem at the end of his third mission, He found that many thousands of the Jewish members of the church were still zealous of the law of Moses. Uh, This was at least ten years after the conference at Jerusalem, and determined that certain ordinances of the law of Moses were not necessary for the salvation of Gentile Christians, but had not settled the matter for Jewish Christians. So basically, that this is quite you know substantial. There was a big conference, and we read about this in Acts. How about? Traditions and practices were done away with, and new revelation was received by the apostles and I did a whole lot of study about that about uh, changes that are happening in the church today and how revelation is being received to change the way things have been done previously uh, but of course, this is you know a much more significant change that we 're talking about here we 're not just talking about changing the way we go teach in other people 's homes and calling it ministering instead and we 're not talking about reducing church to a, to two hours and making the home a much more central base for our gospel teaching and learning no we're talking about actually it would be like someone coming in next year and saying right the way you've been living the gospel the ordinances that you've been doing we don't need those anymore this is what we're going to do instead uh and so this is a huge huge change um but interestingly even though that the ordinances change or well i say the ordinances change we know that, actually, the ordinances that we have today, many of which, if not all, were before Christ's time anyway. But what I mean is that the ordinances of the law of Moses were done away with. Um, because as we studied in Galatians and other places, it was a schoolmaster, and I'll come to that in a moment. It was a vehicle by which the the, the Jews at the time had to be given a very strict and clear method or method. method Methodology, methodology, there we go uh, of keeping that gospel so that they could then come unto Christ whereas now that's been done away with and we focus more on our personal relationship with him uh, through, through the same ordinances that have been a part of the, the, the gospel uh, from the beginning um, the Jews had to or the Jewish Christians I should say had to then do away with those and it's difficult I think actually previously up till now until I have started reading this letter, uh, I just thought, oh, how foolish of them. You know, they've been told by the apostles, they've been told by Christ, you know, the law's done away with, why are they still sticking with it? But actually, the more I think about it, the more I recognize, actually, that's probably something many would do. Um, you know, in some cases, they may just be still doing it so that, you know, they cover their bases. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we follow Christ. We know Christ is the Savior. He's brilliant. I'm just going to carry on doing this. It can't hurt just to carry on doing this. And hey, if, it, if you know it's not the right thing, then oh well, it, I'm just showing that I'm devoted. But if it is the right thing, then I'm safe. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm secure. This thing that we've been doing for centuries and centuries is still going to help me be saved. Um, and so I can imagine it would have been difficult for these Jewish Christians to let go, even after 10 years after this conference. Um, it, it is fascinating, really. Uh, there's a quote by Theodore M. Burton, which uh, I wanted to share with this. And he talked about how this progression of the Lord Moses actually wasn't the first time we've really seen uh, something like this, where a practice was then moved on so that, the, so that the group or the individual could become more spiritual. Yeah, Theodore M. Burton said this, quote, Just as Adam was not given further knowledge until he had learned and practiced the law of sacrifice, so the Israelites were not qualified to have the Melchizedek priesthood until they first learned how to use and practice the laws of the Aaronic priesthood. The gospel of love was not given until Israel learned and practiced the preliminary law of carnal commandments, which Paul explains to the Galatians was a schoolmaster to bring them to Christ. In our day, we must learn and practice the law of tithing before we can receive the law of consecration. We must learn and practice the laws which pertain to baptism and confirmation before we are permitted to make higher moral and ethical covenants in the temple, close quote. So these are important messages that it's a natural process. And it's the same in the church today. There are changes that are happening. We know in the past two years there have been huge changes that have happened. But there's been changes over time that have happened. Uh, As Elder Bednar explained in his wonderful talk last, uh, last October, that just demonstrates the way that people are progressing as followers of Christ. Uh, and so it's not that the doctrines change, you know, they they will never change, uh, but it's the fact that the the way we do things, the policy, the practices adjust and change over time, to support the people in that moment, uh, and also reflect their spirituality in being able to take on these changes. And this is the same with the uh, the Jewish Christians. But to finish with, I liken it to this. So, I I have a, I, I serve as the state clerk uh, in my. Uh, area and um, it's interesting because now we've got this kind of electronic system where we can upload paper receipts and you know we therefore don't need to keep a paper record of anything it's just all there and we can do audits and things from that I've seen from the last audits. However me being perhaps like the Jewish Christians and I know this is a very you know trivial um, comparison a very small thing but i do kind of see it in a similar light um it's like I, I still keep the paper receipts i'm still keeping them um not because you know i need them not because i know that i need them to reflect or show what is the the right practice and what's going on but i'm i'm just doing it just in case you know i i i will need it one day and i think that's quite similar with what the jewish christians view was they 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 understood christ was the savior perhaps but they just kind of thought, well, I'm still going to do this, though, because it's going to help me come closer to him. But they needed to understand that actually, if they were doing that, they're not placing their faith completely in him uh, and, and his gospel. And so it'll be interesting to read this uh, epistle because I think it is uh, you know a, a source of difficulty for these people, but it was something they had to work through and overcome. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, thank you very much sh- for staying with me to, on that little ra- uh, ramble today. I wasn't expecting it to be that long about just who wrote the epistle, but I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, If there's anything that you've been studying, uh, please share it at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time, and until we meet again.